Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with a new Maribel Blue Unfiltered podcast. I want to welcome everyone who is listening to this podcast. I made a post not too long ago on Instagram that I am making an effort to do this every week. I used to do it on Blog Talk Radio. And I had fun doing it despite of the gnarly people that may have been on the chat room or calling in. Um, I recall a show where my friend was on and another person came on and that ensued an argument with a third person. It was just crazy. And my friend and I were like, wow, this is an unforgettable show. And the reason why I stopped doing blog talk radio, because I just wanted to have more control of the podcast and my guests. So normally when I have guests, just so just to give you a background, if for some reason people feel uncomfortable showing their face on camera, I would normally do it as a podcast. And we use this uh, program called StreamYard, which is very effective. I love it. I get to see my guest and be able to engage while we're recording. And then I would just download everything as an audio and edit from there as needed. Uh, So that's the reason why I like using that program as well as my own audio. That way I can always go back because in case I forget, because, you know, I have a tendency of making a point. And then in the middle of the point, I fucking forget what the hell I was talking about. So with all that being said, got to do that shameless promo of servebox.com. I recently launched two new boxes. One is a jar series and each jar has its own intent. One is a money, one is a love, one is a clarity, one is a peace. And I love these jars. They have all of these cute little things inside to have as a keepsake uh, for your jar for whatever your intentions are and the other box inspired by kelly she is known as lunar eclipse tarot on youtube and you can look her up i love kelly she is one of the most authentic tarot readers that i have experienced if you like people who come who are forthcoming, I should say. And she does curse. So if you don't like cursing, then she is not the channel for you. But she's very forthcoming in her expressions when she's doing her readings. And you know what? A lot of these general readings, just so you know, not everything will resonate with everyone. So you have to take what works for you And just shelve the rest behind. Because if somebody is saying something in a reading and you're getting defensive, saying not my person, my person doesn't do this, perhaps that's not the reading for you, especially if you don't relate to it. So keep that in mind. And with that being said, I created a box inspired by Kelly. It has a beautiful rose quartz crystal inside as well as many other goodies so go to servebox.com check out that box and let's get started with the real housewives of beverly hills so i finally had some time to literally sit down and watch all of the episodes which 
sometimes my ADD will act up and I have to veer off and do something else in order for me to come back to it. But I wanted to make some points about all of the nine episodes. I believe so far nine has aired and the situations that have occurred with each person. So let's get started with Crystal because I'm very perplexed as to where she's at Trigger seems to be the new word, so to speak. If something happens, uh, trigger warning, or it's triggering me. I, I, I don't get like all of this trigger stuff. Um, are we warning people so that it doesn't affect them or something like that? You know, I remember growing up, there wasn't anything called a trigger that's not to say that it didn't happen with people if they saw something that affected them that that they may have experienced themselves I completely understand and empathize but we're talking about like a more serious thing for me I'm feeling like these women get triggered over nothing like it's not really anything to feel oh my god I gotta go to therapy for this like this is very fucked up I'm gonna be traumatized for the rest of my life now don't get it twisted what happened with Dorit and the break-in is something entirely different we have seen her go through experiences when she was at Kyle's house and she heard the dog barking when PK couldn't find his phone when she hears her bedroom door opening up it's triggering those memories of her being in the dark and having these two random men come in and take everything and that is very very scary but getting back to Crystal because I'll talk about Dorit more in a little bit. Getting back to Crystal, we were introduced to Crystal last season. She was, I don't know, questionable. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I really wasn't a fan, so to speak, when she was asking Sutton, are you that girl? I have this whole thing with seeing color, not seeing color. Like, you know what? We are all people. Yes, we have different backgrounds and heritages, and we should all celebrate that. Unfortunately, we're living in a world where these random Christianized evangelists, whatever the fuck you want to call them, lunatics in my book, are coming out thinking that they have the right to control people's lives and people's choices and all of this shit that's going on. And I don't want to get into the whole politics of it because I am not a political expert by any means, although I'm not stupid when it comes to seeing these stupid-ass people walking around and marching in cities that they don't even live in trying to promote their illnesses and sicknesses of what they believe to be correct. So that is an issue within by itself. However, when it comes to Crystal and Sutton 
it almost seems like people were pushing Sutton into a corner because she's from the South, so she has to be racist. Who's watching Southern Charm? Southern Charm has incorporated a much more colorful cast than they have in previous episodes where predominantly the cast was white. But it made it interesting because you got to see a different side of people from the South. Now, that's not to say that any of these people are racist. Chances are they're not. But they probably come from a line of people who were. And I come from a world that I give people a chance. I just don't assume that if somebody is white from the South, that they are racist. I'm not in that mindset. So if you are in that mindset that that's what you automatically assume, perhaps you need to check yourself and check out your own racial whatever it is that you're feeling inside. Because I feel like this. If that's what you're assuming about people, then you're probably a racist yourself. And you may think, oh, but it's okay because I'm Latina or I'm black or I'm another uh race other than white so it's okay for me to be racist I'm here to tell you now it's never okay I don't give a fuck what color what background nothing it's not okay to hate people just because so now that I have that out of the way when Crystal came at Sutton like that I immediately did not like her because she was already in that mindset Sutton is white from the South, so she has to be racist. And every little thing that comes out of Sutton's mouth, she likes to analyze and nitpick at that. Now, something happened last season when Sutton came in to give her something. I guess she was naked, and she put something over her to cover her body, and she tells people the next day that she felt violated when Sutton came in to give her something. And they were like, well, violation is a big word, blah, 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 all of this shit. Her response was, you shouldn't put me in a place where you're telling me the word that I'm using is an incorrect response to what I just felt. In that regard, I can understand because we are not here to tell people how to feel when something happens. So Dorit experienced a home invasion where she had a gun pointed to her head, where her life was being threatened. She didn't know if she was going to see the next day after all of that shit happened. She didn't know if, if her children were going to see the next day. It's a very serious thing. And in that mindset, can she say that she felt violated. I mean, it's a violation to the extreme. None of those women are coming to her and saying, well, you shouldn't feel violated. You should feel less of a form of violation because violation is such a strong word. The bottom line is, is that we can't detract and we can't tell people how to feel over a certain situation. So I understand Crystal in the sense that, well, it's okay for somebody to feel the same way and use that word. But when I feel the same way and use that word, 
it's too big because Sutton isn't a person who violated your space. That doesn't make Sutton a bad person. She just happened to knock and waltz in without probably hearing come in or it's okay for you to come in. I get it. You know, I live in a house filled with people. There are times that my mother will just waltz in and I'm like looking at her like, what the fuck? Like you didn't knock or anything like that. Half of the times my door is always ajar so she can see me like sitting on my bed, watching the television, making notes or what have you. My father, he knocks. If the door is closed all the way, they'll knock on the door. For the most part, my door is almost never closed. But in the sense that if I was somewhere else, I was with friends and my door was closed and somebody came in and maybe I was naked, probably I would be embarrassed, but I wouldn't feel violated. And again, that's just me. That is just me. For Crystal, she explained herself because of an eating disorder that she has and she kind of lumped that in together. But here we are in this season and she's still talking about that. And she's still inserting and insinuating things like anything that Sutton says, it's dark, is extreme, it's disturbing. Like why? Because Sutton said, oh yeah, you know, I saw an Asian person, a black person, a white person, and they were all in the pool or wherever it was they were hanging out. And she thought to herself, this is the way it should be. Why is that a bad thought? Why? Like why, when did it become bad to think to yourself, we should all be together. We should all be friends. We should all hang out. We should all be in harmony with one another. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what we are supposed to be doing? In retrospect, in a bigger picture, when you think about everything that's going on in the world now with these fucking lunatics walking around in masks, you're a fucking racist. You should be able to show your face. Why are you ashamed of who you are? Because you know that we're going to call your stupid ass out. And I always say this jokingly when I'm on TikTok and I'm like, this is what happens when you don't surpass the second grade. You have this stupid thinking mentality. You don't know how to put your toys away. You don't realize that certain shit happens in a domino effect. Your behavior, your beliefs, whatever it is, the fuck that's going on in your head has a domino effect. If you have children, you're teaching your children your sick, demented insanity. And it's just trickling down until one person says, you know what? This shit ain't right. I know that my parents taught me this, but I'm not really fucking believing this shit. So it's somewhere along the line, the chain has to break. And for some reason, in Crystal's mind, with Sutton, she feels that everything that comes out of her mouth is some kind of racial thing. I don't know what's going on with Crystal. I don't know what lives in her head. All I know is that something is not right. Yes. Do I agree that most of the time the group will dismiss how she is feeling? Absolutely. They do. I really do believe that. Especially Kyle. Kyle is very good for dismissing Crystal's feelings or any anyone else's feelings for that matter. 
let's take, for example, when she was talking about Dorit, or rather when Dorit came over and she was talking about what had happened to her. And then she compares her story to being robbed. I'm sorry, Kyle, you were not there when the robbery took place. So in the sense of feeling violated because somebody else was in your house that you didn't invite, totally get that. But you were not there while it was happening. In the case of Dorit, she was there. Her life, her children's life was being threatened. Completely different scenarios. So I don't know how Kyle could think in her mind it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. In the sense of, yes, violation, it's the same thing as far as the feelings are concerned because there is somebody in your home that you didn't fucking invite. However, feeling like your life was threatened as opposed to you being robbed are two entirely different things. Again, this is my own personal opinion. Somebody could turn around and say, hey, Maribel, it's the same thing. For me, it's not. Two entirely different things, especially when you have a gun to your head. Now, let's quickly talk about Erica because I made some extensive notes here and I definitely want to keep this as short as I can. Erica made a comment about accusing the people who had this uh, this lawsuit that they were lying, that they didn't get their money. Um, she talked about recycling clothes, making accusations, pretending she doesn't know. Um, still being angry at Sutton for the things that she said last season. The tears that she cries are only for herself and no one else. She claims that people want her to fail and that's not going to happen. What else? What else did, did I write in my handy notes here about Erica? Um, Erica is too full of herself in reacting to Diana saying Sutton is clumsy with her words. There's a whole lot of shit going on here. Let's backtrack to the note that I wrote about uh, Erica recycling clothes. Well, let's go back to the part where she says these people are lying. I'm not sure what land Erica lives in right now in her head. But to make these accusations that's not documented, as opposed to attorneys that are doing deep dive digging and finding a paper trail. This is what cracks me up about people on Twitter. There's a guy on Twitter. He's an attorney. He's been following the case from when it broke out against Tom Girardi and Girardi Keese etc. I'm not really following it that deep. I'll see things, I'll like it, I'll read, but I'm not an attorney and I'm not going to talk about anything legal. All I could say is that in Erica's case, and like other women have chimed in, that she walks around like she's been vindicated. Everything is done and over with. However, She's still in the fight of her life with everything else that has been going on with this case. This case is going to go on for years. It could go on for two years. It could go on for three. It could go on for five, et cetera, et cetera. 
who knows until these people get their money and they are vindicated. But the things that comes out of her mouth when she talked about the recycling clothes, well, I've never worn things twice. I usually wear it and I'll sell it and replace it for something else. But I can't do that now. These were her words in one of the earlier episodes, okay? There are families who have no relatives who were killed in this airplane crash. They can't get a new relative. They can't get a replacement relative. What, whoever that is, they can't get a replacement mom or dad, parents, children. And I listen to the things that come out of her mouth, and I'm saying to myself, how is anyone okay with this? Because I don't know, if I was in a situation like that where I found out that my husband was skimming off people who were relying on this money, you don't know what people need the money for. You don't know how, how these relatives were probably the, the main income for them, the bread and butter, and now they're dead. And it's like, what, what do I do from here? What do I do? My person is gone, never to come back. And here we are listening to Erica talking about these clothes. Now, I understand now that there was something that happened with a pair of diamond earrings. Because, you know, with Erica, it's always drama associated with everything that's going on with her. She reminds me of like one of these random friends that I used to have that something would happen and it would be like this domino effect. Like if they... They got hit by a car and then their leg broke and then somebody else in the family found out they had cancer and, you know, somebody rolled and rolled over their car in Pasadena in the snow, which is what she said last season. I mean, the, the snow thing, not everything else. But you get what I'm saying. You have that one person in your life that everything that happens in their life is one dramatic scene after another. And I say to myself, doesn't she hear herself? Does she not hear how she sounds and how selfish she is? I don't even know how she's keeping those two people. Like, how is she paying them? Because I'm sure that they're documenting every income that she has. And that's right. That's what I was talking about, the earrings. You see, I lost my train of thought. So here we are with the earrings Apparently, they were stolen, the first pair. And then the second pair, she had to give up because it was found through the paper trail that these earrings were purchased with that money, from what I understand. You have a lot of people, well, why does she have to give that up? What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you thinking? Hey, if those earrings can be resold and help a family, why not? It's the power of greed. That's the problem with people. The power of greed. And there's really nothing else I could say about Erica other than she's drinking quite often. You know, people are not born alcoholics. Something happens in your life where you find an escape. Maybe at one point her escape was shopping, which she probably can't do that often anymore. So now her escape is alcohol. 
which she probably doesn't have to pay for it by much because she gets to go to all of these women's houses and Dorit setting up a vacation. So no money is coming out of her pocket to pay for all of this shit. So why not? It can become a problem. If you're not dealing with your problems head on and coming to some viable conclusion for yourself that's going to help you and probably help somebody else and get out of the mess that she's in, drinking, however, is not going to help the situation. Being drunk and not participating in the vacation and falling asleep on a whole entire boat ride, why would anyone want to miss out on that? So perhaps she is developing a problem. Look at the way she was carrying on with Garcelle's son at Garcelle's birthday party. She was hitting on one and the other one who's like 14 years old who went to get the flowers, she's telling him, get the fuck out of here. Let me tell you something. I, If I had a kid, I would have a problem with my friend talking to my kid like that. You don't talk to any child like that. What's wrong with you? But then, of course, when we use a fictitious scenario like Eileen did a couple of seasons ago, she had a shit fit. Don't ever talk about my son like that. Don't ever, don't ever put him in a position like You know, come on, Erica. You're so full of shit. I'm sorry. Erica is the kind of person that it's okay for her to react and be angry, and be belligerent. But when somebody else does the same thing, it's not okay. And you know, we have Lisa Renna, who's always there by her side, okaying all of this bullshit of hers. Because Lisa Renna is very good at kissing Erica's ass. Erica can do no wrong in Lisa Renna's eyes. And the reason why is that because Lisa Renna and Erica are all cut from the same cloth. And moving on to Diana, because they are okaying everything that Diana is doing to Sutton, because they're all cut from the same shady cloth. And they think it's okay to talk to people a certain way, to address them a certain way, to belittle them, Lisa Renna, while my condolences to losing her mom, that still doesn't change her dynamic of what a piece of shit she can be. And she calls herself all of these names. She says, you know, she's the karma, she's the bitch, et cetera, et cetera. Like all of these behaviors are okay. And they're not okay. What At what point... Do you stop yourself and say, you know what? It's not okay for me to treat this person like this because of XYZ situation going on. Or let's side with Diana Jenkins because Sutton, we don't like Sutton. So let's just go on Diana's side. Let me tell you something. Diana is a whole other animal altogether. You think that this is like a rags to riches story. Anyone thinking that Diana didn't set herself up to marry into rich is sadly mistaken. There are women who set their sights on somebody and know that if they if they get into that lifestyle, that they'll be able to achieve 
and acquire all of the riches that they want without even caring about it. If we saw the the episode where it says how the husband happily divided everything and then she says it wasn't about money. Really? Then why did you take it in the first place if it wasn't about money? That doesn't make any sense. Of course it was about money. Of course it was. Anybody who's getting a divorce in that capacity where there's large sums of money involved, property, etc., it is about fucking money. Anybody says different, you're full of shit. I'm just saying. Here are some highlights I want to talk about that I recorded from Diana. She uses the word to describe Sutton clumsy. She's clumsy with words. The other thing is is that the reason why she doesn't go shopping is because she's allergic to dust. So how do you go out, period? Like, is she wearing a mask? I, I don't understand. There's dust everywhere. It's inescapable. Is it because the store is dirty? I mean, come on, get real. The woman has people coming to her house with designer clothes and whatever it is that she likes, according to what she said, she keeps the rest she gives back and then she pays for whatever it is that she keeps. Then she writes this book, which apparently she didn't want to talk about because for some reason, the book is called Room 23. Apparently, Lisa Renna is in this book. I don't know what this book is about, to be honest with you. I've never heard of it. All I know is that somebody associated the book with sex trafficking. How that happened, I have no idea. I don't know if this book is being resold anywhere. I haven't bothered to look because, quite honestly, I'm not interested in purchasing a book from, from her. I would rather purchase a book from one of my peers, uh, independent authors, instead of giving more money to somebody who already doesn't need it. And then towards the last two episodes when she talked about to Sutton, if, there, if she's looking for a new villain, well, she found her. Here's the thing that's so sickening about these shows. Do we actually need a villain? I mean, wasn't Brandy enough? And she was just awful. She was an awful person. She's an awful friend. She's just awful across the board. And it's no surprise why Eddie Cibrian would leave that. Like, why would you want to be around that 24-7? It's just awful. And... Diana is more or less the same way. Like, she wants to make all of these comments about Sutton and how she came across and then this whole banter of crying because Sutton yelled at her. I think Sutton is at a point where she's just about done with everybody. It just really comes to a point where you try to come off empathetic, empathizing, considerate, of other people's feelings and letting them speak. But then it just really comes to a point where if you're constantly being attacked for no reason, then of course a a person is going to yell. And she felt bad. She apologized to her for yelling. But this whole crying, like I've never been spoken to like that before, like what triggered her? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what triggered her to bring 
her to tears with Sutton yelling at her. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that everybody in this group has an issue in one form or another. Uh, With the exception of Garcelle, I kind of feel like Garcelle has her feet on the ground. She calls people out on their bullshit. She's made comments to Erica when Erica was going after Sutton. And she was like, you know, Erica, you're getting on my nerves. So I'm kind of glad that Garcelle is speaking out and that she's not letting these women, Lisa, Kyle, and Erica, to bully other the other women that are there because that's what they like to do. Not so much Kyle, but more like Lisa and Erica because when they see that somebody like Diana, who is quote-unquote being victimized by Sutton, right away they want to go around her and protect her and make up all of these stories. At the at Garcelle's birthday party, what was funny was Sutton calling Diana an asshole. And I had written a note, like even before this had happened, I said, wow, Diana is an asshole. All roads lead to Sutton. Couldn't we say the same thing about Kyle? Because Kyle has a tendency of doing the same exact thing. And I don't know who designated Kyle to be the one to correct everyone, correct everyone in their feelings, correct everyone in their stories, or do like an investigation. Well, what exactly happened? And then going back to Lisa and Erica or whoever it is that she's having a conversation with that day. If these were my circle of friends, I would be very, very careful on who I share my personal whatever it is that's going on with me. I'm not rich. I'm not famous. But I am careful with whom I share my situations, whatever it is that's going on with me, whether it be depression, whether it be relationships, Not everybody will be empathetic to your situation. They think that most times they're being a friend and helping you without having all of the information. They want to judge the other person and make you free from any mistakes or errors or anything that has occurred. And I really don't appreciate that at all. On a personal level, if I'm going through something, I would expect for that person to hear me out. And if they had any advice or suggestions, I would be open to listening to what's going on. A lot of the times that we share with one another, we're not really looking for an answer, so to speak, but more of a way to vent and kind of maybe get to the answer ourselves. That's the reason why people go to therapy. The therapist is not going to give you an answer. They can give you suggestions on what maybe you can do to feel better or make a situation better. But they can't directly say you need to do this or that unless it's something dire that needs to be done. Like, for example, if you're a drug user. If you're a drug user and it's causing a major problem in your life, perhaps you need to stop and not do that anymore because chances are people who continue using drugs eventually will die. And that's the reality of life. 
But given in this situation with everyone and their friendships and who they think is right and who should feel this and who should feel that, let's forget the bigger picture here, especially in Erica's situation where people have lost relatives that cannot be replaced, but yet she gets to keep her mini glam squad and be able to take them on vacation with her. Sometimes we don't live in a, I hate to use the word politically correct, but I guess for lack of a better word, we don't live in a politically correct world. Or what's that word I'm looking for? Compassion, empathetic. There are many words to describe. There are people who just really just care about themselves. Diana, who made all sorts of excuses as to why she couldn't attend this event, that event, you had a miscarriage, or she gave birth to a dead baby. I, I forget the exact thing that she said, but yet she was able to enjoy herself on this vacation, jump in the water, get stung by a jellyfish. But then when, it, when she was invited to Garcelle's birthday party, she did go, but there were other events she did not go to, like Sutton's party that she had in her house. She couldn't make that because she was in bed very sick. You know, the thing is that if you're going to be calling people clumsy in their words, I don't think that Diana should get upset if anyone calls her a liar. She is just another Erica in disguise with a lot of stories, a lot of drama, expecting for people to be compassionate for her because of her upbringing or losing her brother at, at the age of 21 due to war. And then when Sutton had brought up, yeah, you know, like her father shot himself and she put that smirk on her face. Well, this isn't about you, Sutton, but maybe Sutton is empathizing with your situation of having somebody taken away from your life at such a young age. Yeah, I'm not sure about this Diana person. I'm hoping that Bravo does not renew her contract for next season because I think she's an awful, awful person. And perhaps these shows should really start to take a look at who they're casting. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about the differences between the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as opposed to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I appreciate the women of Atlanta because they're always working in one form or another. They're always hustling. Whereas these women, I'm not sure what they're doing anymore. And what I thought was supposed to be an inside look on women and, and gaining their power and finding their footing and being an example for other women who want to be in business has just become an all-out brawl of, of backstabbing and not being really good friends with one another. So I don't appreciate this woman, Diana. I certainly don't appreciate Erica and all of her maladies of having to wear an outfit over again. Oh my God, the drama. And I'm being sarcastic, of course, but still, 
where is the empathy within these group of women? Sure, they felt for Dorit and everything that happened, but do you think that they're thinking about her at night? I don't think so. Well, with all that being said, this is Maribel Blue signing off. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will be doing a lot more. As you know, if you watch Married at First Sight, it actually began this week. I will be doing a short write-up on introducing the new cast of season 15. I actually did away with my cable company, so I'm streaming everything, which is wonderful because no commercials. I get to see everything all at once, which commercials, not that they're terrible things because some commercials can be humorous. However, it cuts the time in half for everything that I'm doing, especially blogging. So please look out for that new article on Married at First Sight with the new couples. And I believe on Monday, The Bachelorette will start and I will be doing videos on that on YouTube. So be sure to follow my youtube.com forward slash Maribel Blue and subscribe. You can see all my videos there. And with all that being said, always remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other. And most importantly, take care of you. Bye, everybody.